Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with you this evening, along with Nicole Cleggett, who represents Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing this evening? Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, It's still hard to write 20 at the end of... We're uh, not supposed to write 20. No, you're supposed to write 2020 so that the uh, the bad guys don't mess up your information. Who knew? Well, (laughs) apparently everyone knew except for me, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I guess that's what happens. But, uh, Nicole, we've got a great show lined up today. And right now in the studio, we have Adam Hopler. He is with Hopler, Wilms, and Hannah. And we're going to be talking a lot about watching out for the caregiver. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, one of those situations where, you know, you name all these people to hopefully take care of you down the road. But, you know, who's watching the people that you name to watch after you? That's right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and should you have named them in the first place if they need to be watched? I don't know. <laughs> well, Adam, thank yeah. you so much for coming in this evening. Absolutely. Real pleasure to be here again. So let's touch a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I think it's probably helpful just to lay a little groundwork yeah. in terms of you know what we're talking about. Um, so uh, as an attorney working in estate planning, um, I am helping people in understanding the different roles that one may have later on. Um, and so, you know, happy topics like passing away or becoming incapacitated but you know these are realities that we that we need to deal with we need Mm -hmm. to be thoughtful about Um, and so I think you can kind of break up the types of roles almost in terms of who's setting them Mm -hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways the government uh, it wants to make sure that people are cared for Mm -hmm. and so it'll say hey if you don't take these steps then we'll take them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a person becomes incapacitated, and they just for maybe a short period of time or a long period of time they hit by the bus. Hey, I get hit by the bus, <laughs> um, and uh, and so you, you find yourself, you know, with the bandage around the head. Uh, so, <laughs> what's uh, what's what's going to happen at that point? Um, now, if you've made plans, mm-hmm. that that's one scenario. But if you have not made plans, you know, that that's where it gets a little more confusing. Uh, the the North Carolina has set up what we call guardianship, um, where you would go in and have to prove to them that this person, you in this circumstance, uh, is incapacitated, incompetent, unable to make their own decisions. Um, And once they establish that, they would then appoint a guardian. Well, yeah, and as a social worker, I can tell you I've been part of some of those back in the days when I worked in a skilled nursing facility. Yeah, I'll bet. Boy, I mean, and it, the nice part was at least the judge and whatnot actually came to the facility, believe it or not. We didn't wow. have, yes. But um, but it was quite the interesting situation because oftentimes family members would be at odds as to who should be the one mm-hmm. making the mm-hmm. decision. It was less about the fact that the person couldn't make the decisions. It was more about who should be the one appointed, which was really the, the, quite interesting, actually. Right. And and so that, that can be, you know, as, as 
odd as it sounds, the, the clearer situation where somebody is, it's, you know, and again, in that like comatose situation, right. they're, they're laying out in a bed and we can definitely see that they can't make their own decisions. We'll, we'll still have that real hotbed issue of, you know, well, who's going to step in? Right. Um, so that's uh, that's one scenario that we mm-hmm. might deal with. Um, another one would be like, well, what happens if we plan? How do you do that? Right. Um, and, and simple, this is when we start talking about, and you know, we use the words power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have power of attorney that handles money or things around you and power of attorney for you personally, healthcare decisions. Um, but all of that is essentially two forms of that guardianship mm-hmm. that I was just talking about. Kind so of a you, funny word, though, power of attorney, right? Like, Yeah, it, it really is. And, and you know, I, it's kind of one of those archaic holdovers mm-hmm. that we have. But basically, we're just talking about agents. Mm-hmm. We're setting somebody to act on your behalf. As if they were you. What, say that? As if they were you. As, yeah, as exactly. Yeah. They're stepping into your shoes. Mm-hmm. What's nice about doing it on the front end mm-hmm. with, again, power of attorney or naming an agent is that at that point, you, um, you don't have to worry about um, – when that crossover takes place, mm-hmm. um, we can go ahead and set it now. We can kind of put it so that it, we don't have to, again, worry about some sort of uh, an immediate action. If right. it's a slow issue, you can say, hey, I need your help now mm-hmm. uh, without having to go to the court and get some kind of a changeover. Mm-hmm. So We're not of, taking away rights, in other words. Sort of like the Ronco Ron grills or the, the little rotisserie. Set it and forget it, right? You just set <laughs> yeah. it and then you can just not worry about it until you actually need it. A- exactly. Yeah, so it may sit there on the shelf for a little bit, gathering some dust, and that's that's not that's not bad. No, um, we almost prefer that, um, but we don't want to be in that scenario where hey, somebody's gonna like you were discussing fight over the issue and ultimately have to pull the trigger on who's going to do it. Well, and I think this is a timely discussion to have. You know, being that we just went through the holiday season, and so we're all mm. holiday hungover now. And but a lot of this meant that families got together and saw changes in loved ones, and so suddenly. You know, folks are having those oh no moments. There right. really, there's a change with mom, and it may not be that mom can't quite make decisions anymore. In some cases, maybe it is, but right. um, but it's wow, we better get some things in place. And I think a lot of times people just kind of operate and just make assumptions. Loved one will die in their sleep. We all like to think that that's how it's going to happen for us, right? There's never going to be any of these big decisions to make. But for most people, there is a period of time in their lives where you know a lot of people have to interact and work together to make the end of the road work well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the holidays are the great, I guess, I kind of look at that because uh, I'm sure if, you're, if your families are anything like mine, you, know, you show up <laughs> once, uh, maybe once a year or every two with like your extended family yep. and, and you really see dramatic changes yes. that occur and you just don't realize, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that right. had happened to right. you in one or two years. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, surely you can kind of see uh, pretty quickly that if you're not thinking about this, these things, they, they do happen. And it's just a matter of time before something is affecting your own life in right. that kind of dramatic way. And so being thoughtful about it, taking the time to ask questions really helps to, to head on the issues that may come down the road. So there really are two types of decision makers or the ones that kind of make the financial decisions and then mm-hmm. there are the ones that make the uh, healthcare decisions. And it can be the same person, but are, there are two different types of documents, correct? That, yeah, that is correct. Um, and so uh, that's a very important factor to work through is, um, you know, what the person that you see as trustworthy or the people in your life that you see as trustworthy, what are their, their skill sets? Mm-hmm. What are they good at? Mm-hmm. Are they uh, 
a people person or not? You know, right. are they the kind of person that you want interacting with a banking institution or a medical institution? Um, you know, their their gifts may uh, have an effect on what place that you put them, or even. Um, how do those two people, if you're naming multiple people, interact with each other? True. Because there um, is going to be cross-pollination there for sure. Yeah, it's really hard uh, to say I'm going to you know, move you to this particular facility when your agent for financial decisions is saying, I don't know that we can afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's super important that, and this is kind of what happens in families, there's sort of the hierarchy where the eldest, well, you know, I have mm-hmm. to name the eldest mm-hmm. to do these things, but the eldest may not be the the best person to do it, or your spouse may not be the best person to make these decisions. Um, one of the things that I often think about is, you know, is that spouse or whoever that person you're going to name in, in the healthcare situation able to actually follow your wishes, right? Because your wishes for your end of life care or how you'd want to receive treatments may be very different than that individual holds for themselves. And so are they actually going to be able to follow through? And and that can be very emotionally anguishing for an individual if, if they're not really feeling like they can follow that philosophy that you have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it is a, an important consideration to take in play um, and an almost comical at times when you're sitting down with a husband and wife and having these conversations and the husband's kind of going, ah, whatever she wants. Um, kind of like ordering to, the menu in the restaurant. Not, yeah. not exactly like, the same. This isn't quite the same category. Let's see <laughs> yeah. if we can maybe push into this a bit. I want to hear where you're coming from. What do you want? Right, right. Yeah taking some time to think about those items and your wishes and what you want to have happen is, is so important when making these decisions because like you alluded to Nicole this isn't just you know oh let's get some burgers for dinner you know it's it, there, there's a lasting impact on these decisions that uh, will go beyond you know dinner time for this evening but we've got to take a quick break we've got Adam Hopler here in the studio he is an attorney with Hopler Wilms and Hannah and we will continue our conversation right after this you're listening to Aging Matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of Transitions Life Care it's your life your care on News Radio 680 WPTF this is Aging Matters care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio is Adam Hopler. He's an attorney with Hopler, Wilms, and Hannah, and we're having a discussion about legal documents and how to make sure that uh, these representatives that you're choosing in the event that you can't be making decisions for yourself are uh, the right people and doing the right thing for you. And uh, Nicole, these are just some um, major decisions that we got to make, and some, some people don't even go that far. They don't make the decisions, but after you do, you do also need to manage these uh, these documents. And, you know, I know there's a lot of confusion when it comes to the power of attorney and then who has responsibility over finances as well. Mm-hmm. So this stuff can get confusing. Well, and there are, I think there are a lot of myths out there, urban legends, because I know a lot of people that I speak to are hesitant about putting them into place because they think when they do that, automatically they don't have control over their lives anymore. And that's mm. not the case. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, and in fact, it's one of those things that you really want to impress upon when having these conversations is that by not making any proactive decision, 
Uh, that's going to be the result is they're going to have to come in and say, we need to take these rights away from you, your mm-hmm. decision making. This is what the government has to do, the court has to do in order to place another person into your shoes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But when you make the decision, what you're doing is kind of creating a Xerox copy of your authority. Mm-hmm. Right? You still have it, but somebody else also has it and they can share with you in that responsibility and this helps with that overlap that we were talking about like when when do they take over so to speak right and when are they kind of riding alongside with you right right yeah and and so you know obviously i mean i i've had these documents in place for a very long time and you know hopefully i'm not going to need them but at the end of the day you know i wanted to make the decision of if something were to happen to me you know who could get into my bank accounts who could pay the bills who could take mm-hmm, care of the kids mm-hmm, who right. could watch over the kids and, and then also who knows what i would want if i were literally hit by a bus today yeah. Truly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with like a, uh, a health care power of attorney, it's a much more clean cut, I mm-hmm. guess, distinction. Um, obviously, uh, you're not going to have a family member uh, while you're uh, doing well take you to the hospital and say, doctor, I would like to discuss this person's liver issue or something yeah. to that effect, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you go to the doctor as long as you're able to go to the doctor. Right. You make decisions about to yourself as long as you're able to. But the minute that a, a physician is looking at you and they know medically you, you can't, mm-hmm. right, for whatever reason, that's the trigger. Now we know we need to be looking somewhere else. Where are we looking? If you've got the document, you've got the health care power of attorney, great. If you don't, suddenly we're talking about we need to get you into the court. And, right. and an emergency is now being dragged out by court proceedings. On top of all the drama of the health issues. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, with, with finances, though, it, it's a little more gray. And, mm-hmm. and, and really, the the decision is, is is up to you as to when you want it to kick in. Right. The, the, the general idea is to just go ahead and put it into place. Right. So you don't have to have this magic moment that you have to define. It's already there. And so you continue to, to ride in the same role. Maybe it takes a little more importance now that, you know, again, the doctor says you're incapacitated. Right. Um, but we don't need that declaration for your authority to kick in. But you can draft it that way. Right. But oftentimes you're I, again, oddly enough, creating problems because you've got to get a doctor who doesn't want to give somebody else financial authority, right? Asking right. them, hey. That's a big question. Can I have this authority, That doctor? feels risky. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. crossing lines now. You're asking yeah. doctors to get into a financial realm, mm-hmm. and that can be really awkward. And so, again, with when we put these defaults into place, we'd like to have the financial authorities kind of overlapping with each other. But, again, everything I'm saying here is with thought with discussion, with planning, with thinking, how do you want it to work, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, we didn't, and now we're going to a a court and asking for this on a, again, probably an emergency scenario Mm -hmm. or kind of a dramatic scenario, one in which there's a lot of conflict and we're trying to figure things out. Well, and one with transparency would be a good idea, because I often have heard of stories of people had no idea that their mom or dad named them to be in these roles. (laughs) Until suddenly the hospital calls, and, and so... They've been named. They have no idea what mom mm-hmm. or dad's wishes mm-hmm. really are. Right. And now they're sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I don't really feel like I'm prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, that even comes back to just the questions of what discussions are you, are you <laughs> having and who, who are you having them with? Um, I, I tend to feel that there's a, uh, an age old mantra with attorneys of secrecy and confidentiality. And it, it's really important between myself as an attorney and my client, um, or and, and, and them to me, but that doesn't control you as to your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, we certainly stress that, you mm-hmm. know, hey, you need, this is confidential. You know, you don't have to tell anybody about this. I don't have to. 
But I think as attorneys, we need to kind of also provide that freedom to say, but you can do whatever you want. Right. And you probably ought to talk to your family members about what you're doing. Um, it can be very powerful for somebody to hear, you're not it. Right. Right. Or maybe you're on my list, but you might not be number one. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to know that that wasn't a mistake. It right. wasn't unintentional. And Susie didn't scheme. Yes, there was no <laughs> scheming, right? You know, there's no... Uh, uh, you had her sign this on bedside when she was already not doing well. Exactly. <laughs> and all, I mean, all these... I've heard so many stories, so it's, it's and crazy. And so much of that spawns out of lack of communication. Right. And so I think it's extremely important, you know, certainly to have that, um, which I think also kind of leads into that question of, so, uh, you know, maybe you put this plan into place or you didn't put the plan into place, but now you're in that situation mm-hmm. and you're looking, hey, mom, dad, they're incapacitated. My sister or my uncle or whoever the family mm-hmm. member is, is now... Our best friend, who knows? Yeah. Our best friend. They're now holding this authority. Mm-hmm. They're managing the bank account. The doctors are looking to them for decisions. And you're kind of wondering, is this right? Mm-hmm. Is this what I should do? Um, that becomes a real uh, conundrum for folk in trying to figure out where do we go from here. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I mean, I mean, are some of these things where you look back to the attorney that drafted the paperwork to kind of help interpret what the wishes are? Do I mean, how, how do people handle this? Well, uh, certainly that's a, a good thought because um, drafting attorneys uh, are responsible for noting that on mm-hmm. the documents themselves. And so they're supposed to say, hey, I'm the one that did this. Uh, and, and for that reason, I think to be able to go back to that person and, and kind of discuss, hey, what interactions may you have had, especially if they've, they've passed away. Um, it can be a little more unclear when a person's um, lacking capacity and they're still alive, you know, confidentiality may still apply, right. but at least you can have some direction of, okay, well, you, they did work with you for this purpose. All right. You know, it just wasn't unintentional perhaps, um, or even just to get some guidance from that attorney. Hey, this is where I would, I would go next. Maybe, you know, find another attorney. Here's one that I can recommend to you, a lawyer referral service. Um, cause at that point you probably do want to have somebody sit down with you and explain, Hey, what's normal. What's mm-hmm. not normal? When you see this person taking these actions with the finances, is that acceptable? Is it unacceptable? Mm-hmm. Um, now, ultimately, the court is always our final authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, you know, I guess we'll go with the scenario haven't planned, um, we're, we're definitely kind of relegated to that point. We're going to be going back to them and we're going to make petitions and we're going to say, hey, I have these concerns. Um, but you also want to be careful about going to the court prematurely. Yeah. Um, Because it's not like the court doesn't have anything better to do. Well, yeah. And I would think, too, some of this is fairly timely. And I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't don't think of the court as moving terribly quick. No. So it's sort of like things can happen to the loved one while it's still kind of caught up in the paperwork side of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, Almost as a a general standard when you're dealing with uh, reporting, like if you have a guardianship, the the court's going to say, hey, we need to hear back from you. If you're handling somebody's uh, estate after they passed away, the court is going to say, hey, we need to hear back from you. But they think on annual terms. Well, I was going to say, but a lot of these disease processes and things are not, they're they're a little shorter than that. Exactly. (laughs) And so... Um, you may have a situation where you're watching things happen and you don't think that they're right, um, but the court isn't going to be doing anything about it until almost a whole year has passed. And then they're going to go back and look at everything yeah. and a whole bunch of problems. Yeah. And you're sort of opening the Pandora's box. Exactly. <laughs> so, so talk to us a little bit about your firm. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at our firm, we are handling uh, estate planning, which basically means that we're talking about these wills that we've discussed, powers of attorney, health care powers of attorney. Uh, we really enjoy the process of sitting down with folk and talking about these things that we've gone over. How do you plan for who's going to be in charge, who's not, discussing how they interact with each other. Um, this is the way that we help to head off a lot of issues that can come down the road. On the flip side of that, though, I personally um, will work with folk when that hasn't gone the way we planned, mm -hmm. right? Or even though we had a plan, maybe it wasn't discussed, like right. you said. And for whatever reason, we've got a conflict. Um, there's lots of ways to address that, you know, from trying to work with, like, mediation, talking mm -hmm. to each other, or, like I said, going to the court. Um, but when these issues arrive of caring for somebody else who can no longer care for themselves or just wrapping things up when somebody's passed away, that's where we get involved, and it's what we've been doing here for almost 10 years. He is Adam Hoppler, attorney with Hoppler, Wilms, and Hannah. You can find more information at Hoppler, that's with one P, Wilms, W-I-L-M-S dot com. You can also call 919-244-2019. Adam, thank you so much for coming in this evening. We really appreciate you sharing your time with us. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your hosts, Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, this is Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care. I am Jason Kong, here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we've got uh, a special guest here in the studio. We've got Scott Brigham with the Triangles Morning News here on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can hear him every morning. You can wake up with Scott. Um, <laughs> what time does five o'clock does the show start? Five o'clock show starts. I'm out of bed at three o'clock oh. here at four. I try to get here around four. So, every <laughs> so, day so as soon early. as we shut off the mics here, you're going to bed. Yes, because I have to rest <laughs> up for a basketball game tonight. Oh so. my. <laughs> Well, uh, Nicole, the reason that we've brought Scott Brigham in is uh, Scott has, uh, I guess, knee deep or I don't know how long you are into your caregiving journey. Might be waste at this point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's getting up around the neck. I think it's getting it's getting up there. But if we're lucky, uh, you know, a small percentage of us maybe get a, a forewarning that uh, a caregiving journey may be coming up. Mm -hmm. But so many of us are just kind of thrusted into this yes. uh, and making a, a litany of decisions that we've never really thought about. So uh, we've brought in Scott to share his story. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time and the vulnerability to share sure, this with everybody pleasure. listening. Um, this is something that uh, is gonna face so many people that are listening. What Some people listening may have already been a caregiver, they're going to be a caregiver, or they're currently in the throes of caregiving. And yeah. so you are one of those groups of people I suspect here. Yes, my sister and I, along with my uh, wife, have been helping my parents. They are in a, um, a retirement community right now in okay. Chapel Hill, the Cedars. And but due to some health issues over the past uh, couple of months, unexpected, uh, you know, a fall here, a fall there, you know, really anything like that can change whatever plan you had when it comes to uh, health care. And uh, right now we're in the midst of uh, trying to find round the clock care wow. for uh, one of my parents. And it's a it's a challenge when you have one parent going in another direction and another parent uh, somewhat improving from time to time. And, you know, you have to keep them you, you want to keep them together. 
yes. so they could spend the, their last years together. So the vows, you know. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it, but it also, I think, really helps with their, you know, with their psyche. If mm-hmm. you're able to have that person who's, you know, they're coming up on 60 years of marriage. Wow. And, uh, they, to one person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen these days anymore. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and uh, to not be around one another is uh, can really be uh, detrimental. So um, we're in the process of trying to get them uh, together with home health care. But that's always a challenge when uh, 24-hour care is uh, needed. So we're kind of walking through this. You know, my sister and I, we've never dealt with this. We didn't plan to deal with this. And I don't think my parents really thought they would have to deal with such extended uh, care situations right. you know they and come they came from an era where you know for lack of a better term you know they were going to walk until they dropped dead there wasn't going to be a slow well, gradual I think we all kind of think of that though don't we we none of us picture right a end of life that looks maybe a little different yeah and it's it's been you know it's been tough on everybody but it you know it does bring you together mm-hmm. as family members but it also kind of really tugs at your emotions mm-hmm. when you see your parents deteriorate yeah. but know that uh you know, they're the same people inside, and you have to step up and, uh, you know, be that voice for them sometimes, even though they still want to be their own voice. Yeah, so that's kind of, that's definitely one of those difficult pieces is that we face when we're talking to family caregivers is trying to, how do, how do you have that difficult conversation with mm-hmm. a loved one to say, gosh, you know, we see this train coming down the tracks, yes, and it's maybe a slow moving train in some cases it's a fast moving train but how do you kind of reverse that role and sort of get into that position of saying mom dad we need to do something now yeah and uh, we've kind of learned that uh now i know what my parents felt like when they were trying to raise my sister and i and they were trying <laughs> to hammer home something that needed to be done and we weren't quite comfortable with the way that needed to be done right and so um, my father, um, unfortunately, was diagnosed with Parkinson's, mm-hmm. I'd say maybe five years ago. And for the most part, um, it gradually you know, took its course like it does. Yeah. But over the past, I'd say, six months to a year, it really has progressed in certain areas. I mean, it's hard to believe that maybe a year and a half ago, we were out on a boat together out at Cape Lookout, taking him on his last boat ride. Oh. And he just gave up his car keys maybe uh, six or seven months ago. Wow. And now he, uh, and unfortunately, he had a fall the other day. And so he's been recovering from that, been in a wheelchair, but he does get around with a walker. But uh, as his body deteriorates, his mind is still very sharp that's really good so but like he said the other day when we were talking sometimes that can be not so beneficial it's a double-edged sword when your mind is so fresh and your body can't do what your mind wants it to do it can be frustrating and we're kind of in the position now is how do we keep our parents together how do we keep them safe and happy and you know they've earned the right Mm -hmm. to wind down you know being you know safe and sound and healthy as healthy as they can be and how do we get them into that position mm-hmm. and it's and it can be difficult you know especially with uh, you know like i heard you mention earlier about it's not always the hierarchy in the family right who gets to decide but you know my sister is uh, two years older than me and she is a power of attorney and mm-hmm. she has been able to take on some responsibilities that they can no longer take care of uh-huh. But so have I. So it's been kind of a group effort. And my wife is over there from time to time helping them out as well. So Mm -hmm. it really is 
it really does pull the family together. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it has in your case. And it I know has. in some families it can be rather decisive well, it, and in others it, it does, some people rally and it, it's just. Well, there are good days and bad. Okay. I mean, there are some yeah. days where, you know, like, hey, we're all in this on the same page, but there's some days like, I can't believe you're asking me to do this while all this other stuff I have on my. On your plate. On your huh? plate. But then again, you know, when it's your parents, somebody who, you know, took the time to raise you and make sure you got an education and make sure you're still happy and healthy today, you want to be able to return that favor as much as possible, even though sometimes it's so difficult to see your parents in the state that they are. Mm -hmm. You know, these were powerful people. You know, these people used to be like giants when you were a kid. And now, you know, every time I see my mother, she's shrinking. Yeah, literally. Literally, literally. I mean, she's like a buck five now. (laughs) And but it has been uh, rewarding, but it's also been very uh, frustrating at times too, but that's you know that's what family's all about, sure. I guess. So, what do you find? What have you found that's been rewarding in this journey? Because it's certainly not a sprint, and as you're kind of going through the months of this, you're kind of probably realizing this is going to be you got to take some of your own oxygen along the way because mm-hmm. this is going to be a while. But what are some of those things that you've have found during this part of the journey to be well, positive? That we generally like each other. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really what, well, you know, because when you're doing, when you're going away to school and your parents are working and you're, you're separated, you, you don't really, you know, you forget about all the times that you spent together as a mm-hmm. unit before, you know, you turned 18 and went away to college or went away to work or wherever. But when you sit down and, you know, my dad has trouble speaking, but for some reason I'm able to understand whatever he says just mm-hmm. by the way his eyebrows move or his mustache rustles, you know, just because I've known him for so long. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, my my mother still, you know, every time I come over, still recognizes me, still mm-hmm. calls me the same little nickname she always does. And it's it's it really has kind of put a spotlight on what we like mm-hmm. about each other and how through what all that we've been through, you know, we, we're all four very different people. Yeah, you know? yeah. And but somehow through all through thick and thin we're able to get through this has it taught you anything about yourself that's a good question <laughs> um <laughs> i think it has mm-hmm. i think it has you know years ago i, I don't think i um, would be able to spend as much time with them as i thought and going places and um just sitting still and listening mm-hmm. to them and being able to take them to the doctor and be able to have all this information come at you at once and still be able to filter it and then process it and make right decisions. I never thought I had that in me. And then try to be an advocate, too. Yeah, and they don't always listen. No, oh, they're, no. They're stubborn. Oh, no, they no, are no. stubborn. <laughs> well, well, you know, they had you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it can be a challenge, all right. Well, we're going to continue our conversation. We've got Scott Brigham here in the studio, host of the Triangle's Morning News on News Radio 680 WPTF. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio is Scott Brigaman, host of the Triangles Morning News. You can hear him every morning here on News Radio 680 WPTF, and it is getting close to his bedtime. So, Scott, I, I, I will try not to keep you too much longer. I put here. some toothpicks in the eyeballs. Yeah, right. He's you doing did. all right. Thank you, Thank you Nicole. I, I, I don't know how you do it, Scott. Well, I guess I guess I did it for a while back in the day, mm-hmm. but uh, I do not miss those early mornings. But you do a wonderful job, and again, folks can hear you every morning from five to nine here on News Radio. 680 WPTF. I've been talking about your caregiving journey, Scott, and you know we we talk about. Uh, well, I guess that's the whole point of this show is to talk about resources available to caregivers and uh, hopefully providing information that they may not know about. But um, I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some things that you discovered along the way that you, you had never thought about or resources you wish uh, you had known about or concepts that someone had told you about? Because, um, you know, when you're when you're in the day to day grind, you don't you're not sitting yeah. here thinking about, oh, what's the difference between independent living and assisted living? You you know, that's that's not something that tends to cross our minds. Well, I'm learning that firsthand uh, right now, the difference between assisted living and independent living, because uh, my parents are getting to a point where at least one of them will need 24-7 care, and another is uh, recovering from needing 24-7 care, so they're kind of at a crossroads. So one's on the upswing and one's sort of on the down. Uh, well, they're kind of meeting yeah, yeah. right at the same point, mm-hmm. and um, I guess the hardest thing was I ne- or what I never did was try to put myself mentally in their shoes, you know, in their place. What what are they thinking? What you know, as life, I can't comprehend. I believe I had this conversation with my dad the other day. I can't comprehend being in my mid eighties and knowing that the end is coming and it's inevitable. But to still be able to uh, focus on what's important, knowing that you know what is coming down the road, and luckily they have uh, worked through their lives and are comfortable in the fact that they don't have to, they don't want for anything. They're yeah. in a good place. They're very mm-hmm. safe. They have the money they need to take care of them. And not everybody has that luxury. No. And that's another thing that I've learned. Yes. That, uh, that I'm screwed. <laughs> As am I. My, my wife and I. You don't want to see my retirement account. There's, yeah, good. there's not very many digits in my retirement. And another thing, I believe, um, and please forgive me if I get the term wrong, but my dad didn't really set up uh, a long-term like health plan, long-term care policy, long-term care. Yeah. Pl- yes, because mm-hmm. he was one from that era again. That you know, hey, I'm going to go out one day and yeah. boom. Because I think you know, his father died at a young age from uh, several heart attacks. So I think he thought he was going to follow along that line. So when they got, you know, when his prognosis or diagnosis came, and then it really started to speed up, they needed to get to not you know not assisted living, but a retirement community Decades, where they could yeah. you know for, they would have their meals cooked for them if they mm-hmm. needed a transportation somewhere uh, they would have that, but still be able to maintain some level of independence. Sure. And to see that independence slowly slip away has really been hard on them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult as a son and as a daughter to sit back and and see your parents lose what they have worked so hard for independent. You know, they still have, you know, the finances sure. and, and physical items that they still, you know, hold on to and worked hard for. But that independence and it you know, sometimes you forget that this is somebody's life you're talking about. Yeah. And sometimes you like, do I dare think about myself yeah, through yeah, all this? It, and that's really difficult. Like how do I throw myself in this when this really doesn't involve me? Right. You know, and you question like how much does this involve me? when they're in their latter stages of life and all you want to do is make that most comfortable for them 
and you don't always see eye to eye on that path. You don't. And, and one of the biggest challenges when you have a loved one that you're assisting with and caregiving for that is cognitively intact, like, mm-hmm. like your dad, they have the right to make a bad decision. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to sit back and, and you see the big picture, but you're, they could still really choose to do things that are ultimately going to create a bigger crisis not too far down the road. And I'm sure, I don't know if you face any situations like that, but I, I, I know that that is, even with my own father, yeah. I see him doing certain things and I, and, and I'm, you know, and he's, you know, he's only 70, yeah. but I'm still going, oh, yeah. this is just not smart. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, you know, but I'm still the daughter and, you know, it's certain times it's just, they're not going to listen. Yeah. I, I you know, it, you want him to be safe. You want them to be in a place where they have round the clock care, but then you think I could not conceive of being kept, not kept, yeah, but in a place I, where that's what you feel like. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's, that's the way they look at it is, you know, my mom's like, don't let them put me away. Yes. And you're not being put away. Right. You're in a state-of-the-art facility with excellent health care around you, but it's that sense of I'm not as free as Well, I and, and I think a lot of that comes from years gone by. I yeah. mean, you know, the places that their parents or the places that they used to visit, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were very different. They were cinder block buildings. Oh, yeah. People were restrained. It was a very, and I remember when my grandmother fell and broke her hip and ultimately lived in a nursing home for a period of time, and she was horrified with mm-hmm. the idea. I mean, there's just there was just no way that she could be cared for with a fresh broken hip at home. Right. And she was pleasantly surprised when she got there, but there is this big fear of what it's going to be like. And then there's the stigma. I mean, some of these long-term care communities, I love them and they're beautiful and they're wonderful, but when a lot of times older adults have a lot of things taken away from, like they don't have to do the cooking and the cleaning and all that, it ends up being like high school, yeah. where there are these cliques. <laughs> oh, you oh. oh, oh yeah. my oh, look goodness. The cafeteria, the lunchroom, yes. there and are so going cliques. to that health center is mm-hmm. not the place you want to be. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> because that is the place where people don't know what they're doing go. And, and so, um, yeah, that those are all very real things that sort of kind of recreate themselves when yep. we're in our 80s it seems yep. and they've both been very active they both they've lived in chapel hill for since the late 50s early 60s and that's their where they're retired right now so they mm-hmm. knew a lot of people yeah yeah and um like you said if you go to eat their lunch or dinner at the uh, the clubhouse it uh, it's clicky you know <laughs> it, it is. is i mean you got the cool kids table you got you the quiet do. kids table you got the educated kids so it's you know you got the jocks if there are still there the crunchy people <laughs> that's right <laughs> so you just got to sit back and watch and uh, but it, it it has been a challenge it, and it, no one we never thought we would be where we are we just celebrated our second christmas outside of the house um, it's different it's very different Different rituals, routines. And, you know, it's like I was telling my dad the other day is if I could get back, if I can get in your head and fix whatever is ailing you, oh. you know, I would do it in uh, do it in a minute. And said that to my mom as well. But, you know, unfortunately, these are the cards that are you know dealt to us. But I'm so happy that they are at least fortunate enough mm-hmm. to have made some plans that they're in the right position. But, you know, this came on so quick. They're very yeah. lucky. You yeah. know, there's a lot of luck sometimes involved in getting the care that you need and where you need. Yes. It. Yes. And uh, it's not always, you Having know, the connections. Availability yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, it's not always rooms aren't always available. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of these, the more and more popular these retirement communities get, the harder they are to get into. And it's been it's been a challenge. But like I said, rewarding for a lot of reasons. You learn more about yourself and, you know, you learn that you you know, you like your parents, if not love them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Have, have you found that the, sort of the side dish item on your plate of everything else that you do is a bigger helping than you were expecting? 
Um, how do you mean? Like, do, I mean, are you feeling like this is just taking, and, and not that it's a complaint, but it's like shuffling of all the other things that you have to do. Is this taking on a lot more time? It is. And it energy, is. emotional energy. Uh, and emotional energy. I'd say more emotion than yeah. actual physical time mm-hmm. because they, my sister had to take time off from work. She took a family leave, mm-hmm. but now that's winding down. And, you know, we all kind of have to get on with our lives. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, not forget that they are still living theirs. Right. And it's it's difficult when they're coming to the end of their careers or their lives and you're still trying to stretch or scratch and claw your way um, through yours and you're just kind of trying to find a happy medium yeah. through all that. But it has been more uh, stressful sometimes when uh, people of a certain age or generation are quite stubborn from time <laughs> to time, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, and, and so one of the big things, if you look at it from a national perspective, the aging population is absolutely exploding. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you, I, the other day I was in a restaurant having this conversation with somebody and I looked around and everybody in there was at least 20 years older than me. Yeah. And, and that's just not uncommon and we're going to see it more and more and more. What do you think, if, if you had sort of a, a magic ball in front of us, a crystal ball, what do you think our country needs to do to prepare itself? Because I, I really don't think we're prepared. We're not going to have enough hands to mm-hmm. care for it, care for the people. I mean, how do we need to look at this a little differently? I just think more people need to be prepared earlier and know that anything can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. And what you think is the sunset you're going to ride off into uh, – maybe in your 70s or 80s, may come in your 60s. Yeah. And that it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And that you know, more, the more you're prepared, the better it will be. And it, it really is. I yep. mean, if you have, if you just got to, you know, if, if you're living a healthy life, mm-hmm. um, I don't, from what I understand, you can be the healthiest person in the world, but when you hit 80, <laughs> things start happening that you didn't plan on. <laughs> and you have to be ready for the unexpected. And I think most people think that, okay, I've got a place, I've got this set aside, but whenever when one domino falls, another one's going to fall right oh, yeah. behind. And I think that's the biggest thing, the chain reaction of events that happens when you go into uh, a retirement community or you start aging. That's what I think more people need to be uh, ready for. And I think more people need to be educated and more people we can get involved in specialized health care. Mm-hmm even better because there's a big need for it. And we really need to, um, I think, get more comfortable with the conversation of a decline of our health in general because that is really where it all begins. Yeah, and I think I wish, you know, there needs to be good communication between parents and children because they're not always hearing what the other person is really trying to say or, you know, sometimes they're not listening. Mm -hmm. But uh, to make it easier, everybody needs to really be on the same page and thinking about everybody involved because one Something happens to my dad, it impacts everybody around him. Something happens to my mom, it mm-hmm. impacts everybody, not just that individual. Right. And you have to be prepared for that impacting everybody yeah. involved. Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, such an important conversation to have and a conversation that we probably dread or don't look forward to, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's a gift to yourself and having some comfort in knowing that your loved ones know what you want. And it's also a gift to those loved ones so that they, they've got the marching orders and they know how to address your best wishes. Scott, thank you so much for coming in this evening. I, I know uh, you're, you're in here early every morning, so we really <laughs> appreciate you coming out on a Saturday night to be on the program with us. Not a problem, like burning the candle. There you go. You can catch <laughs> Scott Brigham in every morning here on News Radio 680 WPTF with the Triangles Morning News 
ages from five to nine. And if you yourself find uh, yourself on a caregiving journey and you need a resource for you, Transitions Guiding Lights is a a wonderful resource for you. You can go online to guidinglightsnc.org to find out more. Nicole, anything else before we head out? No, no, I'm just blessed with everyone's time today for sure. Yeah, we had some wonderful guests. If you missed any portion of today's program and you want to go back and listen to it, head on over to WPTF.com, click on the podcast button, and there you can find the Aging Matters section. You can find this episode as well as every other episode that we have done. On behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.